everybody, the SWP is brought to you by All Insurance Ontario and Jim K. Ford, where you can custom order your next Ford vehicle to ensure you get the exact vehicle you want at the right time. Easy steps. Jump online at jimkford.com, select your vehicle, choose your model, trim, and options. Then the Jim K. Ford team will contact you to confirm your selections and pricing and answer all your questions before your order is placed. Easy as that. Your vehicle created your way. Jim K. Ford, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans or jimkford.com. If there's one thing I love almost as much as sports, it's helping people get the best deals on insurance. If I can't help you get a better rate on home and auto insurance, I'll treat you to a coffee. Call me or text at 801-2659. Check out allins.ca. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. The SWP with Steve Warren and Jim Jerome. Ottawa Sports Talk every weekday. Well, 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 it's a lot of wells. Welcome to the SWP, ladies and gentlemen. It's Tales of Ottawa Sports and Whatever. It's a brand new week. I think this time last Monday, around this time, after some squirrely summer scheduling, I was saying, you know what, let's go five for five on a new podcast week, and we did three. So let's go five for five this week. Got lots to get to, of course. You're going to have to work a weekend. Probably, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How are things, James? Stevie, I, I got out and played golf again. Yeah. Uh, in a tournament, two day tournament. And uh, it's par points, is how it works. So you get two points for a par, you get uh, one for a bogey, and you get three points for a birdie. So it will always work out. Uh, you, get your, you get your strokes. So the guy had me in an eight handicap, uh, which, which is uh, not what I played to. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Sound, based on your descriptions, an eight sounds no. awfully inaccurate. Yeah. So if you if you shot eighty eight less your strokes, it will always work out that you get thirty six points. It'll average two points a hole. Okay. It's All just right. the way the math works. So okay. uh, if you get thirty six points, Stevie, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. You're going to be in the hunt. Uh, there was a bunch of guys in it, and they give away uh, the winner gets five grand, Steve, the amateur. This is a tournament I won several years ago. You may. I don't think you and I were doing a podcast then, but um, so I've, I, I guess there's about, let's see, Stevie, a couple of groups a whole with, uh, so six guys a whole. If you do the math, is that uh, 40, like 108 guys are in it, Steve? Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked at the board, Steve. I knew I wasn't in the hunt for the money. Uh, so I looked at the board, Steve, and I placed second out of all the losers. <laughs> oh. Well, that's something. It's, you're not the worst. Yeah, so so conversely, Steve, if 36 is shooting your handicap, that would have been a 70 or an 80 for me. Uh, it, it goes the opposite way. So if you're 10 shots off your handicap, you're going to get tw- only 26 points. Yeah. You know, if you shoot uh, 88, for example, you know, I, and... Uh, Steve, I had 24 points, Steve, the first round. <laughs> and then a solid 27 points, Steve, the next round. So they only missed my handicap, Steve, by about, I don't know, seven, eight shots. Right, right. So I'm, so I'm, I've lost it, Stevie. I've lost it. But that's okay. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I've polished off my golf that? shoes and I'm ready to go again. Oh, if you've polished oh. your shoes, that's all you really need. That's yeah, really, and new laces. Okay, Steve, the, the, the shoe polish, I'm a shoe polisher. 
Okay. Oh, I've been a polisher, Steve, my whole life. You know nice. that. Sure. Okay. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, all my shoes, Steve, I'm a shoe guy. They all have trees in them. Okay. Shoe trees, they're called shoe trees to keep them, yep. you know. So, yep. so they all have that, Steve. I, some, my dad was like that. I used to polish my dad's shoes. Uh, and I have, I have one of the uh, buffing machines, Steve. Okay. So they're, they're little, you know, wheels with the, with all the feathers on them or whatever, like the nice little buffer on each side to polish the shoes, Stevie. So I work on my shoes, Steve. So I've taken the uh, golf shoes apart. Well, I took the laces out, Steve, and I polished them up. White golf shoes, Stevie. Beautiful. That's all well, that counts, do, Steve, is having the well, nice shoes when you think about it. I mean, if you're able to polish your shoes, I would, I would suggest they're woefully out of fashion because most of the shoes I see these days are basically the equivalent of sneakers. Well, no, no, no. I've got the leather. I've got the leather shoe. Oh, I go big, Steve, on the leather. And I've polished uh, many things, Steve, in my life. Yes. Okay. Many, many things, Steve. Uh, so I'm good at it. Yeah. I'm a good polisher. Right. So I think I followed something online and it took me to some weird website. And I think there was a reference to you and your polishing in there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Anyway. Uh, anyway, good to be alive, Stevie. So absolutely. happy to get out there. Yeah. Yeah. And got I, I also got a chance to get a game in when we uh, were off late last week. And thanks to everybody at Rideau View, uh, Steve nice. Duckett and the gang over there and uh, Blake Callahan, Greg Kennedy. I went out with them. That was lots of fun. Quite enjoyed that. You know, Blake Callahan, I think you came up in conversation. I think he he said he knew you back in the day. Oh, I know he, Blake. Yeah. yeah. Longtime minor hockey coach for sure. But anyway, it was great conditions. Rideau View was fantastic. And want to thank everybody uh, out at Rideau View for uh, a great day. Sorry, carry on. Uh, what I didn't mention, Stevie, was uh, the, the it's a pro-am I played in. And there is an iconic Canadian pro golfer who's been around. He's 62 years old now, but he's been a pro ever since he was 18 years old. His name is Jim Rutledge, oh, yeah. uh, and and you that that might sound familiar to you over the last sort of 20, 30 years. Well, I remember um, him for sure. Yeah, and uh, I played with him. Oh, nice. Uh, the following day, because and he won. Stevie, he won. This is how good this guy is. Sixty-two, and he was uh, one of the pros. So they've got a bunch of money for the pros too. They win five grand. Steve, two rounds, he shot thirteen under. Wow. Like he killed everyone by six, seven shots. So that's crazy, crazy man. I I got to play with him, and I remember Jim Rutledge growing up. He was he was one of the guys you would watch because he was up and down a little bit. Steve might have played on the on the PGA Tour a little bit. Uh, has been beating his head against the wall uh, trying to make the Champions Tour, which is the Seniors Tour. Uh, but he's he's sort of laying back now. He thinks his time is done, and uh, he he Stevie at one time. The story in Jim Rutledge was uh, he played a bad front nine. And uh, uh, so he thought ah, maybe he was never going to quit. So he marched out to the back nine, very despondent, Stevie, and and parred the 10th hole, Steve, and then ripped off eight birdies in a row. Oh. Okay. Oh, no, to get to be into despondent a, about there. Yeah. So this is years ago. But uh, this is because he became uh, known for this. And no one's ever done it. And then, so that got him into a playoff. And he birdied the first playoff hole. So he made nine birdies in a row. Wow. Yeah. So he shot 28 or something. If it was part 36, which was a record for the lowest nine and stuff like that. But anyway, fantastic guy. Great golfer. Lives out in BC. He's been there his whole life. 
uh, gave me a couple of tips, and he laughed. He laughed his way around Stevie in five under uh, when, when I played with him. So, anyway, shout out to Jim Rutledge. A lot, lot of lot of people my age and your age would would remember that name. So, yeah, I remember uh, like that. That was the age of like uh, Dave Barr, Dick Sokol, Jim Nelford. Totally. Any time yep. to thought about th- that four, that those are the four I would think about when I think about Canadian golf. I probably wouldn't have gotten Rutledge if you asked me at the start of the show, but uh, I certainly remember him as uh, as part of that group. But let's move in. Let's move in and uh, talk a little bit about uh, the golf that was yesterday, recording here on mm-hmm. Monday, August the 15th. I don't know if you had a chance to see how the St. Jude Championship ended up. Will Zalatoris finally grinded out a win, and yes. the... Uh, the playoff was unbelievable. So it's uh, it's basically they're on the 75th hole, and it's uh, Zalatoris taking on Sepp Straka, and his approach shot comes so close to landing in the water. It just gets over the water in front of the green, and it bounces off of the rocky facing <laughs> of the water, like the wall where the water is, and it bounced. And it bounced there like a ping pong ball or a basketball on a rim. Bump, bump, bump. Is it going to go in the water? Is it going to stay? And it somehow, some way stayed. And so Zalatoris yes. is going, whoa. Uh, I don't think he knows exactly what's happened. He knows that it's dry anyway. And right. then Sepp Straka steps up on the next shot. Similar type of a shot. Same trajectory. Only his does the same ping pong bouncing in the same spot. Only his goes in the water. And Zalatoris right. wins the first leg of the FedEx Cup in crazy style. Did you see it? Yeah, and and his first PGA win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you've been following golf at all, Z- Zalatoris has be- became a household name this year, and may- mm-hmm. maybe even starting last year. He yeah. had, a, I think, he had a really good result in the Masters. You can look that up. Uh, either the last one or the one before. Finished uh, one stroke back of Hideki Matsuyama. There you go. So um, he uh, weighs about. Oh, I don't know, eighty-eight pounds. <laughs> okay, and 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 can can beat it like anybody out there. Uh, yeah, it, I I guess the story, um, you know, it's match play at that point, right? It's a playoff. Yep. So you're waiting to hit your shot. Zalatoris is away, which means he hit for he hits first, and that's what happens. It, it it gets jammed in between the rock and the edge of the grass. Got no shot. Got no shot. Okay. So now you're Straka going, oh, well, all I got to do here is hit the green. Oh, fuck. It's in the water. Did the, what did are you, the what same are you thing. doing, dude? What are you yeah, maybe doing go after it. Maybe don't go pin hunting. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Just put it Didn't in the fat to. of the green. Yeah. Yep. I've never well, even heard of Sepp Straka. Have you? Yeah, he won. I think he won this year. Yeah, he was okay. going for his second victory. Uh, he might have won twice this year. Um, anyway, hindsight, Stevie. Uh, would you do that again, Straka? Would I do what again? Would you try that shot that ended up in the water? Yeah. Yeah, sure I would. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it all day long. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So he's waking up this morning going, you know, the old golf is a game of mental, Stevie. It's a yeah. game of mental. So anyway, the pressure's so big and so high. and uh, Easy enough said after. Right when you look at it and go, oh man, you should have hit more club. You shouldn't yeah. have done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you think Shut back to all the bones, <laughs> all the boners of uh, the PGA's history. Phil Mickelson saying, "Oh, I'm such an idiot," or right. John Vandeveld, or the collapse of Greg Norman. Right. No matter how great you are at that sport, it can still get you. Can still yeah. get you between the ears, and there's no doubt about that. All right, I, let's I say. Think, 
hang on, Stevie. I think the other, if you pull up the results, Stevie, the other story before we leave this, uh, there's a handful of Canadians, Steve. I don't know how they got in the the the, the first um, leg of this three-leg FedEx Cup. I assume uh, they have the points. Well, uh, you know, from the Live Golf Tour, right? That that opened up those guys. Uh, that opened up five or six or or a number of spots, right? Because I think all those guys would have been in the FedEx Cup. Um, I'm trying to pull up the results here, Stevie. Uh, but it's not showing me on the, it won't, it won't do it on the golf app. Corey Connors was 30th. So he's in for next week. And I'm not, I like when they put the little Canadian flag, it makes it easier for me. Right. He's going quickly. Mackenzie Hughes was 53rd. So he's, he goes through, I think the top 70 go through to next Adam Hadwin, 61. There's three guys. Yeah, and yeah. that's it. That's it. I, I at a glance. Um, so yeah. there's your Canadians. Anyway, there's a few of them. So we got Canadians yeah. in the FedEx Cup. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, we'll take a time out of the program. When we return, we'll get you up to date on all the hockey stories. And uh, did we talk about three ice? We said we wanted to last no, week. No, we three didn't. on three. Yeah, so we'll talk about that a little as well, along with the World Juniors. Robin Leonard out for the year already. All coming up after these words. Trucks and minivans cost less to insure than small cars. You get a better deal on home insurance if you have good credit. The biggest insurance brokers are owned by insurance companies. I'm Josh. Make sure you choose a broker who has your best interest in mind. All Insurance Ontario is independent, family-owned, and has your back. Text me at 613-860-6008 to get on our team. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. So if you're thinking about a nice used vehicle for the summer and you're a little uncertain about it, you want to make a smart choice, of course, you should check out Jim K. Ford. They remove all of your worries. Jim K. Ford is your Ottawa-certified pre-owned Ford dealer. How about a 12-month, 20,000-kilometer limited warranty coverage, a history report of the vehicle, purchase financing rates from 1.99%, 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. That is peace of mind. So check out JimKFord.com today. They're at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. If you need help navigating, if you need help, if you need help now, let me try that again. If you need help navigating this wild Ottawa housing market, call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team. For sellers, Glen services include staging, painting, cleaning, and of course, negotiating all the offers coming in. And for buyers, Glenn has the expertise to help you land your dream home when competing with all the other offers that are out there. So if you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate. Contact Glenn today, glennwalton.com. All right. First of all, I'll get you up to date on what's happening with Canada at the World Juniors. It's so weird. I mean, you're in the city. This thing is happening. It is so weird in the middle of August when it's 30 degrees outside to be even talking about hockey. But uh, this is a obviously a very relevant event as uh, the Canadians are now 3-0 at the World Juniors. They've exact, they kind of hit minnows to start. They had Latvia, Slovakia, Czechia, although Latvia, shockingly, will be in the quarterfinals after a big upset win the other day. But uh, Canada's 3-0, and they'll close out the round robin with one of the big fish. Canada and Finland are going to battle it out today to see who will finish atop Group A. Uh, Mason yep. McTavish of Carp, Ontario. Lovely downtown Carp. I know you've been through. I know you love it. Um, he's been the offensive star of the entire tournament after three games. He leads in both goals with six and points with 10. 
And uh, I'm sure you're in the mode of struggling to embrace this particular tournament. Great as it is, it's in the middle of August after all. Yeah. You know, um, I play, I play, as I told you, I played golf the last three days uh, with a bunch of buddies, you know, reconnected yeah. with them, you know, back playing. And almost always, Steve, those same group of guys in the winter that I run into from time to time or have dinner during the World Juniors at Christmas, uh, you know, everyone's wrapped with it, Stevie. They are, yeah. they are, there's a big envelope around the country, you know, that everyone's jumped into, which is, which is the World Juniors. Not a word, Steve, not a word about it. And it's in really? my town uh including myself i didn't even i didn't even think about it and i wouldn't know stevie what, what the results were <laughs> until you just told me yeah uh slightly irresponsible steve if you're running a sports and whatever podcast you know <laughs> uh but that's you know that's the way it is um you know my daughter runs that huge bar with a you know the equivalent of a, a place in the market in edmonton bunch of bars and and uh, you know when that world junior is on the place is upside down you know with people planning their day around it and all that i i haven't heard a thing stevie yeah i haven't heard a thing about it uh, yeah attendance so. has been sketchy as you might expect but uh you know that's partly i think uh the weather and obviously the city of edmonton holy cow can you have a shorter summertime than the city of edmonton and what's more you had a very long hockey season the Edmonton Oil Kings, as you well know, went to the Memorial Cup. That went into late June. So if you're a junior yeah. hockey fan, you're probably junior hockeyed out. Um, and then you've got the Edmonton Oilers who made it to the NHL's version of the Final Four, going to the conference final, getting swept by Colorado. So an extremely long season filled with hockey for Edmonton fans. And it's such a short summer. I don't blame right. them for nece not necessarily wanting to you know, shoehorn themselves into a rink. I'm sure they'll be there for this finish game. This would be a real acid test game because Finland is always a contender and this is yeah. for the lead. So we'll see how it goes, but uh, no, I'm not going to chastise in anybody in Edmonton. These are just weird circumstances. Well, well, summers are short everywhere in Canada, you know, the, True. You know leave out the West coast. Okay. Leave it, leave that out. Um, but, but here they're a lot shorter, mm -hmm. a lot shorter than Ottawa. And um, there's a heat wave, which, which we love. Uh, you know, it's been 30, 28, 29, 30 degrees this week. So everyone's outside, you know. Uh, and I played golf, Stevie, yeah, uh, yesterday, the day before. And I'm driving around the golf course, Steve. There's leaves on the ground. Okay. So like falling leaves, you know, autumn yeah. leaves. That's the yeah. Oscar Peterson. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's... It's brutal, but but yeah. no one's got. You're you're right, Steve. That that is going to be the the number one reason why this thing is, you know, slipping under the radar. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and the hockey Canada thing is probably for some people part of it. There are some people who think that uh, maybe it shouldn't be happening, but uh, right. Anyway, that's been talked to death. A couple of other hockey notes: Robin Leonard is expected to be out for the season for the Vegas Golden Knights because of a hip injury that's going to require surgery. And he, if you go back to April, yep. Leonard, the former Ottawa senator, had shoulder surgery for an injury sustained February the 9th. He missed five games before returning, played March 8th, and then didn't play again until an overtime win over Vancouver April 3rd. Then on April 25th, Vegas said, okay, he's out for the season. They expected him to be ready for training camp. So he had uh, the shoulder surgery. And now, all of a sudden, it's a hip injury that's going to require surgery. 
And so oh, no. he's going to miss all of next season. He's obviously got, uh, you know, he's, he's battling demons away from the ice. I believe he was uh, diagnosed with bipolar disorder. He's one of the most outspoken guys in the league. So physically, mentally right now, it's uh, you just kind of sit back and you, you sort of hope for uh, you know a speedy recovery on all fronts for Robin Leonard. Can can a guy recover from hip surgery? I don't. Is he getting hip replacement or like? No, no. It's just it's just a not a replacement or anything. That would be a that would probably be a, a career, career ender, ender. But yeah, yeah. but uh, no, it, it, it's not going to be easy. And that's the thing about the butterfly style. When we were kids, everybody was you know you go down too soon, everybody's yelling at you as a goalie. Come on, stand up in the crease there. You know yeah. he's going down. Stay, be a stand up goalie. And, and now, the, obviously, over the last 30 years, the position has changed. The butterfly is a big part of it. Anybody right. I know who played a lot of competitive hockey who was a goalie, I mean, they're all rolling up in their 40s now dealing with hip surgeries and hip replacements because you're down in that sort of weird butterfly. You're putting all this stress on the insides of the knees. And if you have to go laterally, there's so much torque on each of the hips and the hip flexor um, over the long haul. That ain't good for business. And so I'm surprised there's not more of this kind of thing with today's goalies. You know, Mike, Mike, you know, uh, goaltending now, Steve, not only the butterfly style, but, you know, they play they play half the game, Steve, on their knees, man. Like Mike yeah. Smith, I watched Mike Smith play at the Oilers, and, and he's constantly dropping to his knees, you know, and uh, it, it just drives you bananas as a fan, you know. And looking around, you know, you're going to, you know, looking around behind the net and he's on his knees and sliding from post to post. And, and I think it was Craig Simpson, you know, who said, I, I don't really get that style because, you know, the, the number one thing for a goalie, man, is to fill the net. Mm-hmm. Okay. To, to get big in the net. Okay. And, and obviously that's, you know, the way hockey is now just by the size of goaltenders that get drafted. Okay. Not uncommon now, Steve. A bunch of these guys are well over six feet, right? Big, oh, big, yeah. big. Pads are big, all that shit. And then, so Smith fills the net. Like when he stands up, you got you got very, <laughs> very limited space here to try and rip a puck by him. And then Craig Sims, like when he goes down, he's making himself less big. You know, like there's way more room to to rip it home. So I, yeah. it drives me bananas. It drives me absolutely bananas. Well, that would drive Especially, me bananas just from a fundamental standpoint if the puck's not near the net. You'll see it frequently where guys are down on their knees and they stay on their knees because yeah. the pads obviously are basically like a, a wall for the entire lower part of the net. And so if the puck is near the net, <clears throat> behind the net or out in front and is scrambling, um, if you're in tight like that with the puck, it's really hard to roof it. So the play is to take away the bottom of the net. Right. And you know, you're every once in a while going to look foolish because somebody will roof it. But most yeah. of the time, they just are they're cramming at that point. They're just trying to jam it in any way they can, and it will most likely be along the ice. Where it starts to look lazy and starts to look uh, inefficient is when that puck is is well out and you're still down on your knees. That uh, yeah. that starts to be problematic because that's where you can really get burned when guys are you know well away from the net. You obviously have time and leverage to get that puck up over top of the goalie. So, yeah, that's bad. The other thing yeah. I wanted to talk about. Um, let's see how much time we have here. Uh, da, 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 yeah, how about this three on three, Steve? Yeah, okay. I was going to go to that next. I wanted to quickly mention Jonathan Huberdeau, who uh, obviously this year um, he was traded from the Florida Panthers to the Calgary Flames 
in the Matthew Kachuk deal and just re-signed with the Flames, which I found interesting. You'd think you'd want to spend a little time in Calgary, see if you like playing for Coach Sutter, seeing if you like the city. Uh, there was really no hurry because he has another year left on his contract, but he immediately signed an extension. But uh, what he's done today is he's uh, pledged to donate his brain to science. And uh, he said, um, as an NHL player, I'm very aware of the impact of traumatic brain injuries, concussions, and the link to other mental health issues. Um, he said that in a project enlist release on Monday, I'm proud to support Canadian military veterans pledging to donate my brain to project enlist and support research to improve the quality of life of all military personnel who so bravely and courageously served our country. So, um, he said it's important all Canadians understand mental health issues can result from brain injuries and research will lead to new treatments. So I'm proud to support all of that. So. Good for Jonathan you know, Huberdeau for doing that, but because uh, that's really, you can only really study the brains of those who have passed away. Uh, there's still no test for CTE and, and the like for guys who are still living. I, you know, I emailed them, Steve, saying I would donate my brain. Yeah. Uh, I got an email back from them saying, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what the hell, Stevie? I doubt that. I'm, I think I think mankind can learn a lot from your brain, to the good and the bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, closing it out. Uh, what did your brain think of the three ice league? It's three on three hockey, and basically you had. Uh, let's see here. How many teams we got here? We've got six teams. I think I've got anyway here. Um, two four two four seven. No wait, seven. Yeah, no. Six teams and a taxi squad. And basically, they went all over North America. They played basically these tournaments with a bunch of games in them, and they'd make stops, like a tour stop. And uh, now they're on to the final stop, and we've got a championship series, and it's three-on-three. I haven't seen a second of it, but you have. What would you think? So I watched a couple games the other night. They were were, uh, replays of games. I was watching it late at night. Mm -hmm. And uh, don't forget, Stevie, when I've always been this – uh, idiot who said, you know, that three-on-three is so good in the NHL games, right? I, I love it. I love it. And I, and I know everyone else does. Whatever their opinion, I know everyone's watching, right? Uh, it's cool. It's cool. I, I, I'm glad the NHL went to it. I liked it so much. I was even saying, you know, they should, they should play like the last two minutes of every period, three-on-three. Mm-hmm. You know, let's get more of it. Let's get more of it because it's so good. So I clicked the tube on Stevie and I watched those games. And in five minutes, Steve, I went, this is brutal. <laughs> really? Why? This is no good. It's stupid. It, it, it's like shinny. Uh, you know, for, for, it's, it's like watching shinny, which is fine, Stevie. You know, in the NHL, people, some people even call it that, right? But it only lasts for five minutes, man. Right? Okay, until they go to the shootout. Right? So it's really cool. Watching it. Watching full-length games with it, Steve, and I, I think it's only a couple of periods uh, that they play, maybe eight, nine minutes a period. I, I know it's not three at, at 20. Uh, it ain't going to work, Stevie. It right. ain't going to work, man. I, you know, I was like, okay, this is enough. It's stupid. You know, it's stupid that to watch it. And, and like I said, <laughs> I love the three-on-three, and I am a full-on about face on it. Yeah. It, it, just, it just doesn't do for me. I don't think it's going to last uh, assuming everyone had the same thing I did going, okay. Um, uh, like even when they score goals, Steve, right. It's whatever, you know, right. whatever back at it. They're, they're not scoring a bunch of goals. I don't think, but, 
Uh, it's just super boring. Uh, it's super uneventful. Um, it, you know, it's got it's got no energy to it. Uh, you know, they don't play with enough guys. You know, like you've played three on three, Steve. There's there's you know to play at really high speed, right? You you need you need nine guys, man. You need twelve guys, right? Because you are r- running all over the ice to try and keep up with the play. And it's and a full ice surface, that right? Through. What's that? It's a full ice surface, like normal yeah, full ice, ice surface. surface. And, and, yeah. and guys are tired in, in, in very short thrift, man, from it. So, or shrift. So, uh, it, it, it does nothing for me is the, yeah. my answer on it. Nothing at all for me. So, so, um, I have a few thoughts on it in that I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I'm not going to say I've seen it yet, but I'm not surprised. You know, I, I look at it for a number of reasons why I thought it wouldn't work. There's no stars right. for starters. Your biggest stars are the coaches. They've right. named the teams after the coaches, uh, like for example, Joey Mullen or or Grant Fuhrer, Team Fuhrer, mm-hmm. Team Mullen. That's how they've named the teams. Right. The league doesn't matter to me. It means nothing. Three ice, you're the right. three ice champion. Whoop de do. Same with right. the Live Golf Tour. That's part of why I think it won't work in the big picture because I just don't care about the league. Um, mm-hmm. That might change if every star goes over there, but obviously, in the case of three ice, they don't have any money. They can't attract mm-hmm. any stars. And the league doesn't matter to me. The other thing about why three-on-three works in the NHL, and it doesn't here, like you just had 60 minutes of emotional hockey back and forth. It's obviously been a close game. It's a tie. And so that emotion then carries itself into the three-on-three. That doesn't exist in three. I say get right at it right away. Um, you know, It's a novelty to some degree in the NHL. It doesn't happen every game. And to me, when I look at it, um, you can't make three on three the steak. The three on three is your dessert. That's it. No more, no less. So that's why I didn't think it would work. Well, you're 100 percent right on all points. That's that's. Um, I'd be curious what the what the good listener thinks if they if they watch some of it. But um, yeah, it, it it doesn't. You're bored of it after about three minutes, uh, especially knowing that nothing is going to change. Right. Okay. This goes eight minutes now. You know. Um, so yep. they're, they're, uh, that, that, our email is, uh, is a Steve W project at outlook.com. And I'm glad you mentioned listener feedback because we got a little today. Um, <laughs> it is from Dave Jansen. He's an old hockey teammate of mine from when we were kids. He's a religious listener to the show. He said, Hey, Steve and Jimmy catching up to last week's shows and listening to the conversation about team captains you had. I think they are necessary at the high competitive levels of junior and higher, not necessarily a C and two A's. These individuals, if used properly, not only hold others accountable, but can be a buffer for the coach to address team issues. As for minor hockey, I had coached uh, my kids back in the day, and the majority of players always wanted those leaders acknowledged. I think it is the coach's responsibility in minor hockey to read their team each year and determine the process, whether it be by player vote of the entire team or coaches identifying three or four kids, and then the players vote on which letter they get or the coaches simply pick them. I'm sure there are even teams where they don't need captains at all ultimately though the coach has to be able to assess early on what that group of players need and select the right approach great stuff i'm enjoying retirement boys but funny enough less time to listen these days and i always find myself catching up on the podcasts cheers that's from dave jansen thank you dave yeah and yeah captains uh we talked about that in a recent episode yeah i think i was saying that you know the i don't ironically the the least amount of need for a captain is during a game I think. Uh, so I think it's more off ice stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think, I, and you can do that. You can just basically assign someone. Um, right. And my, I think my thought was basically along the lines of minor hockey really doesn't need them. Right. It, it feels like everybody in hockey now, I don't know any refs who are saying, get away from me, kid. You don't have a letter. If someone right. is respectful and wants to talk to the referee, most good referees will engage them. So I don't really feel like it's a letter situation. If you're disrespectful, whether you wear a letter or not, the referee is going to say, get away from me. I'm not talking right. to you. Um, so I don't really feel like it's a, okay, you got to have a letter to talk to the referee anymore. That feels like it's an old school thing. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe some right. referees do need that letter, but, uh, at the minor hockey level, it's nice to have, you know, a go-to player or two who's going to, you know, kind of give you a feel for the room, what's going on when you leave and things like that. Not to narc mm-hmm. out on the, <laughs> the teammates or anything, but <laughs> there are some certain situations where you like to have kind of a player representative who's your liaison. Ladies right. and gentlemen, we'll call it quits right there. Don't forget our website is stevewproject.com. Thank you very much for being with us. Don't forget that uh, we've got our Patreon memberships. If you're enjoying the show, we'd appreciate that. If you uh, wanted to sign up for that, James, what do you got going today? Here's the deal, Stevie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a donut lover. Oh, me too. Okay, I'm a donut lover. Um, I'm a plain donut lover from Tim's. I go for like the old plain is in the normal or plain is in a sour cream glazed or something. No, 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 nothing. Just the okay. plain cake donut. Okay. They're right. called old fashioned plain. And everyone yep. always rolls their eyes at me. They're like, what the hell? Uh, I found a place, Steve. I used to, you don't find them very, uh, very much anymore. They used to take some plain donuts, Stevie, and just dip the tops in chocolate. Nice. Okay? Hats off, Stevie, to the lady who, uh, the, the, three or four days ago when I was at Tim Hortons and there was a dozen old fashioned plain donuts sitting in the rack, Steve. Okay. And I asked, do you think you could dip those in chocolate for me? She oh, obliged. Steve. Nice. She obliged. Love yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm off to uh, get my, my special order, Steve, of Tim Horton donuts. Next time you come to Manitick, if you ever drop by my house again, because you, of course, snubbed me last time you were here. But uh, yeah, well, <laughs> next time we'll take you over to I Mimi's. Felt no which, need to come and see you at all. You're so cruel. You're so cruel. Uh, but yeah, Mimi's has a place that has ice cream and donuts. That's all they do. And they make these really cool designer custom donuts. It, it sort of helped me get over my Richmond bakery days because I worked there for a long time oh, making right. the donuts. I about that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I went for a while where I was kind of anti donut. But uh, I've rallied. I've rallied. No question about that. Good stuff. Well, enjoy your donuts, my friend. And uh, we'll talk to you in our next episode. Good night, everybody. We'll see you.